have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Orbit. What? Then name the system Orbit. Loki religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blast. Working coming up on Alderaan. You may fire when ready. Welcome to Alderaan Explosion Explosion Network's official countdown to Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's 91 days until release. My name's Dylan Blight, your Jedi Master, and joining me, my pardon ones, Ashley Hobbley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here so we can determine what is and what isn't pod racing. Finally, that we solved once and for all, and also Kira Munchen. Wow, this is pod racing. Oh, so now this is good to know. That's, yeah. This <laughs> That was a very quick answer to that <laughs> set So this <laughs> is pod racing. But what else is pod racing? Or is according racing? to according to Young and in Skywalker, everything is pod racing. Like everything. I like to think life is one big, big old pod, pod race. One big yeah. pod race. Um, in case haven't you, can't, you ca- um, <laughs> haven't you heard the uh, popular hit by Rascal Flats? Life is a pod race. I'm gonna You're race Rascal it. Flats. Yeah, Rascal Flats. Um, the recording artist for life is a highway for cars it's fine oh my fucking god in case you haven't gathered this episode is all about the hit band cars um no it's about (laughs) the phantom menace as we're officially kicking off our film journey towards the rise of skywalker uh episode one of course we're talking about this week among a couple of other things including the announcement of the Obi-Wan series, since felt like a good time to cover that news as well. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit about Palpatine, because in case you didn't know, it's kind of a big deal. He's looming over the poster for The Rise of Skywalker. Going to be an important piece of that one. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> Um, just to quickly gather some information before we start this, because that's what we did last time as well. When was the last time? <laughs> when was the last time you watched the Phantom Menace Ash? Uh, two years ago when we recorded this small podcast called Alderaan Explosion. <laughs> and would you say that watching it, you enjoyed it more or less or same than last time? I feel like I enjoyed it less. Because before, it'd been several years before I'd seen it prior. So there was a bit of novelty to it. But this time I'm like, ugh, I have to sit through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Wow. Uh, Kieran, when was the last time you watched this movie? And uh, how do you feel about it now compared to then? Well, I watched it like two months ago. It was even like a month or two ago I randomly watched it while drinking with friends. And I enjoyed it a lot more while I was a couple drinking? drinks in yeah. than I did when I was watching it. <laughs> Just sat in my room. Like it it's 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 a fun movie to make lots of jokes about that is just I just I don't know. There's there's a whole I think my friends and me were watching through um all of Star Wars. So we literally watched the first two movies a couple months ago. We're making our way through the Clone Wars animated series. Um, and there's just stuff like... I like making jokes about Palpatine throughout the prequels. I think it's really fun. Just, you know, people being like, can you just try on this hood for a second? Just just for a sec. Let's just try... No? Okay. Or, you know, like, you just expect somebody to come in dry cleaning for Palpatine with just a big black cloak. Just being like, here you go. Like it's, it's, not, just... it's not the same as why don't they realize Superman is Clark Kent? Because I, I like to think that Palpatine in the movie he he kind of switches up his tone. Obviously, like it's when he's like mm, kill the Jedi, and then when he's like they meet them, like oh hello, oh uh, yeah, it's very happy for you to be here. It's all very exciting <laughs> well, happening here at the council. Oh, it's my lady. more prominent in the animated series because his nose is such a like a big shape that you kind of like. You know, there's no way anybody could miss that nose. That nose is massive. <laughs> but he hides but, the nose under the cloak. No, it sticks out of the cloak. Yeah. Like, it is the most prominent part of his I face don't know. while he's cloaked. There are a lot of people with big noses, so... Uh, not that shape. It's, like, weird. But anyway, um, I didn't enjoy it as much this time, but that's just because I wasn't 
reasonably positive. You weren't intoxicated. No, I wasn't intoxicated. Um, but it's still okay. Question mark. Yeah, I, I, I think I can just say before we kick off this whole section of next couple of weeks of prequel rewatching stuff, I, I have like, I guess, inducted myself to the point where I, I can just watch the prequels without. I remember when I was, um, so when I was a kid and I watched them, I liked them, obviously. And I, I can I can very clearly say that because I was like an actual look. I remember, obviously, we talked about this first season. doesn't matter. It might be new listeners, of course. So, And it's also been two years. Uh, I went and watched The Phantom Menace in the cinema. My parents pulled me out of school to go watch it. And I would have been, uh, since it comes out in 99, I would have been seven, I guess, right? So I got pulled out of school around seven to go watch The Phantom Menace. So, and then I, obviously I watched the rest of the prequels as they released. So I was the proper like young kid age growing up. And so Kieran would have been yeah, I was about growing up watching these. Yeah. Ash is like old man watching these. Fucking movies, old. Right? He was, was like, like 12. He raced out of the first 11. year of university to get 11 there. actually, yeah. Yeah. Much older. <laughs> 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 uh yeah so i grew up enjoying these movies and then of course i did the like cool kid thing when i hit my um high school years where everyone would talk about them and shit on them and stuff and then of course i joined in and i talked about and shit on them and joined in and saying they were terrible and shit and all these sorts of things because that's what everyone else did and you know who, who had their You're own opinions follower. back then yeah <laughs> yeah i was a, I was a little <laughs> old follower uh these days i have my problems of course with all of these movies, like I have problems with any movie really that I can talk about on a critical level. I have my most problems with the one we'll talk about next week, but I, I, I can say that I, I can watch the prequel movies like anything else, Star Wars, and I will enjoy watching all of these movies because the, the simple fact is I just enjoy watching anything that's Star Wars. Like You know, there's three things that make me cringe in this movie. Like the, the things that make me cringe the most in this movie. And they all happen throughout the Tatooine arc of this movie. It's like, like the whole movie, basically. Like the whole movie, but like the bits in Tatooine with the pod racing and Anakin and just that whole section makes me cringe. And that is the relationship between Padme and Anakin. Just, I hate it because... Well, it's not romantic. It's not, but at the same time, having knowledge of what happens in the future, just looking back, I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, this is kind of weird. Um, I physically cringe when freaking Qui-Gon brings up midichlorians. Because I'm just like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, who George Lucas. thought this shit was a good idea? And then, just Anakin in general. Just Anakin <laughs> in general. I'm like, fuck, I hate this kid. I just want to, like... <laughs> Can he special guest as a youngling? That's all I tell I'm saying. You, no. I tell you what. They've way improved casting young actors. Like, yeah, they, kids they in make... films these days, they're like top notch. Like, mm. the high end, high budget ones. You know? Everyone loved this kid back in the day. Jingle All the Way and shit, man. You know what? I didn't mind him in Jingle All the Way. No, yeah. Anakin in this? I fucking, you just like, shut up, you twerp. Yeah. Stop. That's because he didn't have as many scenes. <laughs> it was Arnold Schwarzenegger running around trying to get this toy at Christmas time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give me the toy. <laughs> That's Damn you, Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> that Jingle All The Way is a fucking movie, but that's a different podcast, I think. Um, <laughs> so what I do you want to watch on Explosion.com? <laughs> yeah, check it out. It's Christmas. <laughs> Um, so I can't, I can't, I, I just took some, I wrote down some random notes when they popped into my head as I was watching the movie. So I can't just go over them. And then it, if anything else comes to anyone, they're like, oh yeah, this thing or whatever. That's, that's kind of how we're going to go here. So the first thing I wrote down is 20th century logo is funny now because they have it back. And that's because <laughs> obviously last time we watched this, Disney didn't own Fox. Um, now that. Were they in the, the process? Bo- I can't remember. It's. I, feel I like- don't even think it was rumored back then because. Wasn't no. it last year that the rumors came out and everybody was like, it might have just been it, but... after last. Yeah, I think it was after we recorded and stuff. Yeah. 
I don't remember ever discussing this on past things. That's why, and it definitely wasn't up for discussion the first time we watched this for the first season of Old Iron Explosion. So that's why, as soon as I put this in this time, because, oh, I should have quickly said, I forgot to say when the last time I watched it was. Last time I watched this was also two years ago. There you go. Um, so, yeah, last time we watched it, 20th Century logo comes in. I'm like, oh, it's funny how this is here or whatever, because it doesn't exist anymore, obviously. Or it won't exist, uh, you know. I remember I watched Force Awakens for the first time, and it was like, it's a bit weird, but whatever. Now, and now I'm kind of over it because we've watched other Star Wars movies, obviously. But rewatching this one since that that dun 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 dun, I was like, that's funny because it's literally come full fucking circle somehow. Now, um, next thing I wrote down is Jedi Dash. Wonder why we literally never see it again? Because yeah, it was awkward seeing it because obviously they never use it ever again. And I, I, yeah, it's I think really the effect is not done very well either. No, that's why, and it's done so, like, slightly that people watching this movie who aren't even paying attention wouldn't even notice that that's actually what happens. You know what I mean? Because they're kind of off in the distance with the way it's shot, like down that corridor or whatever. So it's like, unless you're actually paying attention, you don't realize. What what we're talking about here is, um, in case you don't know, this the scene where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon exit the... Uh, the room after trying to break into the viceroys or whatever, break through the break doors and whatever. Qui-Gon's got his lightsaber in and destroyer droids come in with their fucking shields and start shooting. Um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are like, we're going to get out of here. And then they literally like blur like the flash and take off down the distance. And then when the camera cuts to the next angle, it shows them all the way up this very long opposite end of the corridor and making their way around the corner because they've managed to use like a force dash basically to, or force run or force super speed or whatever you want to call it to to get very fast across the room. And it's really weird to me, not, not just because we never see this particular use of force powers again, but mainly because we never see variation of force powers ever again outside this really. Like they, they introduce the idea of, Anakin in this movie like that's the thing about the Phantom Menace it introduces a lot of Jedi shit that we never actually had before which is the idea that Anakin's like uh one of his high level force powers put it that way is like precognition like above the level of normal Jedis you know like actually being able to like see visions of the future and stuff which is something I'll come back to in a minute because I wrote down as a note but they also introduces stuff like force running super fast and all this other stuff that we never actually saw in the the original trilogy of of movies as well. But then you never see anything like this ever again, ever again, ever done again in either episode two or three. So it's just really weird to me that I didn't George Lucas is like, yeah, no, that doesn't happen. So it's like, that's why it's so weird to me. George Lucas is like, let's do this here and never use any like superficial, like super magical powers. If you had that ability, you'd be doing it all the time. That is super handy. No, but it's just part of it. Like the force is one of the most is one of the largest MacGuffins because it could just be used for anything. It's almost like yeah, the force could do that. What we need this? Yeah, the force could probably do that. Yeah, the force could do that crap. And you're like, this has no rules. It's like Superman and his powers. It's just he can do everything. It's fine. It's it's just weird. Well, it's like it's basically the ultimate version of that saying of you know. You can do anything you put your mind to. <laughs> That's the force. Yep. If, if if you have the ability to put your mind to it enough, you can do it. How, how, what's the the most Jedi's can lift, like weight wise and stuff? Well, the more powerful Jedi can lift stuff because they believe in it more and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just every time I watch this movie, I I do think about that force dash run thing. I'm like, this is so weird. But um, next thing I wrote down because it made me laugh is side note, just off that scene. Do yeah. we ever see them lightsabers become like a heat source? Like they're trying to burn through the door. Is that something we ever see again? Because I feel that's, like they use they cut through a lot of doors. Okay, like in, in Clone Wars, that's yeah. used a fair amount. Yeah, in Clone Wars, you see them do that stuff to get like through doors quite doors, a though. lot. Yeah, yes. melting yeah. doors. Yeah, because there's so many times in that show where they literally where it's literally ships and whatever. Insert else. bad guy with hostage on one side of door. Door closes, Jedi has to, like, hastily cut through the door to try and get through it to catch up. Yeah, it happens a lot. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's a a big fire rod, or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Heats up stuff, yeah, sure. A laser. Uh, Laser sword. Um, Yeah, the next thing I wrote down was, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Twitter.com. 
great line. And that's because because <laughs> that li- <laughs> the line that said is uh, by Qui Gon when after he saves everyone's number one character in the whole movie right at the start when they're all running away from the uh, the falling trees and all the the ships coming in. He once says it to Jar Jar, and then the whole audience wishes yeah. that Jar Jar listened and didn't say anything for the rest of the yeah trilogy. for the rest of the movie. So, but then he Jar Jar's like. I am whatever, you know, intelligent creature or whatever. And Qui-Gon's like, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. <laughs> Owned. But it this film does like, make me go, I just want more Qui-Gon. <laughs> just, just give me more Qui-Gon. Well, hold on to that. Disney Plus. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got some ideas on that sort of stuff. Uh, so <laughs> then I, next thing I wrote down is George Lucas. These are kids' films. Here's Jar Jar Binks. Also George Lucas. Political trade deals. <laughs> <laughs> I think Which I can't is, remember if it's is it I think it's Star it's Simpsons that makes fun of this, where they're excited for Star Wars and they go in and it's just somebody reading trade deals for like three hours. And when I was a kid, I never understood this until I watched Phantom Menace as an adult, and I'm like, shit, this is in this movie a lot. What the hell? Why? Yeah. I never understood it when I was a kid either. And that's what, every time I watch it, it just makes me laugh from the second the text starts appearing. It's like, the Trade Federation has put up a blockade, blah, blah, blah. Like, all this stuff, it's like, what? There's no way when I was a kid watching this movie, I understood anything that was being presented to me here. And then the whole idea of, like, what is even happening here with the Separatists and the fact that they're trying to, you know, get the Queen the queen to sign this trade treaty, basically, and all this other sort of shit and whatever else. It's super convoluted and, like, political mumbo-jumbo stuff happening here. But then, yeah, it just it does make me laugh every time because George Lucas is always from day dot being like these movies are kids movies. Um, back in the day, you know, people hated that C three PO and R two D two were in these movies because apparently they were considered too comedic for the the type of movie he was making. And um, George Lucas had to stick up for them being in the the movies in the first place. And then the prequel trilogy, the prequels come along, and he has to be like, no, Jar Jar's in these movies because they're fucking kids movies. So he's always been on about how these are kids movies, but at the same time, he's like, and political trade and. On top of that, we're also going to have a plot about Emperor Palpatine like overthrowing the system so he can get um, control of the system and become Emperor. And like, this is part of his long-winded plan here and all this sort of stuff. So <laughs> it's always like, um, excuse me. That's interesting. Do we, um, do we know how the Trade Federation actually works? Like, uh, do they have their own planet or? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the Trade Federation, even in Clone Wars, doesn't explain that well. It's almost like a bad guy of the week in some places, where just random members of the Trade Federation will pop up in the earlier sections. Um, I don't. It's it's one of those things where I think the Trade Federation is like the least important thing in the movies a lot of the time. It's just it's, like a, but it's also super important for what's happening in this and then episode two and then also even episode three where they, because it's like heavily involved in how they get the Death Star plans in the in the first place. Um, and then it's also super involved in, obviously, as you're saying, the Clone Wars. Um, to get a, I just went to the starwars.fandom.com typed in Trade Federation. Um, their description here for the Trade Federation. says, the Trade Federation was an interstellar shipping and trade co- conglomerate during the warning years of the Galactic Republic. One so powerful that it has had its own representatives on the Galactic Senate. Uh, Viceroy Newt Gunrace secretly allied with Sith Lord Darth Sidious to invade the peaceful planet of Naboo and cause a crisis in the Republic government. Although his occupation was for thwarted by uh, Queen Padme Amidala and her forces. Escaping imprisonment, Gunray pledged his droid forces to the Confederacy of Independent Systems and the Federation fought Republic and Jedi armies throughout the Clone Wars. Gunray and his fellow Separatist Council members were killed by Darth Vader at the end of the war and the Trade Federation was nationalised by the now newly formed Galactic Empire. The Federation would often forced planets to into exclusive contracts, which in several circumstances gave them the ability to blockade planets and cont- control system politics, which is what they cover a lot in the Clone Wars animated series. Often the Jedi will be set, sent to these planets that the, the Trade Federation is 
uh, either attacking or like kind of holding, trying to get to, to sign deals and whatever else. Like there's so many episodes covering that sort of stuff throughout that series. And Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, whoever will go in and save the day or try and save the day, obviously, and so on and so forth many times over and over. But basically it's like the whole trade federation thing, even like Dooku, who's basically seen as the, you know, for, for at the, all of the Clone Wars and stuff, he's kind of seen as the head of the, this movement, I guess, the political c- c- people, whatever you want to put it as, um, you know, by, by the time we get around to episode three, he dead. And then as I just said, fucking Darth Vader's sent in, kills all of them anyway. So it's like, oh, <laughs> all of this stuff just gets, look, because once again, it's all just part of Palpatine's plan, you know, like, he, he, he constantly talks about how wanting this to happen, but he never wants it to happen. It's all just part of his literally using people to move chess pieces around so he can get to where he needs to be, which is the Emperor. That's all he wants. Big old sneaky little Emperor. Uh, what's the next thing I wrote down here? How rude. So I had to note this one because literally everyone in my family says this exactly like Jar Jar does. I mean, mom, dad, brother, me for our entire life it's it's become one of those lines where i actually think people like my mum will say it and she doesn't actually remember where it's come from but we all just say it it's a thing in my family as well it's how my parents talk to their animals like did they just do that how rude like just like that and you're like i don't know i don't did it come from jar jar has it been somewhere else well I don't think of anything else that's done it. And I've, I know I've said it since I was a little kid. And it's always with the, how rude. You know, like with the the way he kind of says so it as well. It's not like, how rude. You know, it's like, how rude. Um, yeah, so Jar Jar Binks officially, uh, you know, people might make fun of him. But yeah, trendsetter, that's for sure. Apparently it was in Full House. How? I've never seen fucking Full House. Oh, yeah, with the Olsen twins. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. rude. Um... So as you was, I write down similar notes to what you were talking about before, Kieran, which is I write down little touches like Alec and yelling, yippee, ruined scenes. Just him needed someone friends? to be like, hey, please, George, no. <laughs> him with his friends is like so annoying. Like just, it's not even just Anakin's acting. It's like the other random alien kids and the other boy that is with him. It's just like, what? why? Why is this here? Kitstar is the name of his uh, BFF, by the way. Kitstar. Uh, probably going to return. He's probably who Snoke was the entire time. You know, Kitstar. Kit yeah. yeah. Definitely Kitstar. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's actually, it's just like things, because the whole initial dialogue when they walk into the, the scene and, you know, Qui-Gon's off talking with, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Mental blanking. Oh, whatever. I don't Wado. care. Um, what I Watto. Yeah. Well, Qui-Gon's hey, off talking with him. Yeah, <laughs> while he's off talking with Watto and stuff, the the whole Anakin thing of being like, "Are you an angel?" I'm like, "That's weird," but I'm at the point where I'm like, "Whatever." But the rest of the scene continues and stuff, and it's just when they finally get to the end, and then Watto's like, "Hurry up and clean this thing," and then I'll let you go. And then after talking normally for the entire scene, he's like, "Yippee!" puts his hands up and like runs off. I'm like, <laughs> "Runs away." What the fuck? <laughs> it's almost if like part of me. Feels like the yippee was even put in post. Like, in post, yeah. I don't feel like it's a natural yippee on on the, during the scene. It's like a somebody's brought the kid into a recording room and said you need to say yippee or something to be excited. I mean, possibly. <laughs> um, what was I up to here? Um, yeah. Next thing I write down is Mole is so soft spoken because it's just and he's. The whole time he speaks in this, where he's like, I will do it, Master. I will kill them all. I will, for once, we'll finally reveal ourselves to the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. It's so funny because, like, I'm so used to the last couple of years of watching Mole stuff, um, is Rebels, where he's just constantly, like, he's yelling and crazy. manic and, yeah, batshit crazy, literally. So it's, yeah, watching this and just being like, Master, we'll finally reveal ourselves and blah, blah. I'm like, holy shit, I got Darth ASMR over here where I've been dealing with fucking yelling I guess crazy guy. I guess it shows a character journey for that character, technically. It's probably not intended, but it shows this character that was probably groomed and brought up by Darth Sidious. Well, he was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, to, you know, being probably very 
almost very robotic and very emotionless. And then that anger has grown more in him and he's become more un- like disconnected from what he grew up with. And it's just kind of he spirals with more and more shit that goes wrong in his life and happens to him. Like he gets crazier and he gets louder and he stops having that control over himself like he seems to. Like he's very serial killer in this movie, like very like perfect assassin almost. And then he isn't that by the time his end comes at the during Rebels. Yeah. And it's so funny also every time I watch this because I'm just like, I consider Mole one of my, I'd put Mole in like one of my favorite, it'd be in my top 10 Star Wars characters, right? But it's so funny just watching this movie and being like, well, there's nothing to this character at all. Like, he looks cool. He has a double-sided lightsaber. You know, he obviously looks very evil and whatever else. But it's so funny to me how I can be like, yeah, but what they managed to do with him after this is just so good to the point where I'm like, yeah, he's top 10 Star Wars characters for me. Um, of course, he's fired at the end of this movie still. Do you think what they've done for him is still what they should do for Boba Fett. No. No? But we can... We'll get to Boba Fett later, because we'll I'm very passionate. We'll get to Boba Fett. And we, yeah, cause I'm very I, I'm, passionate about how much Boba Fett sucks, and I hate that everybody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely not a big fan either, so... <laughs> I'm sure that'll go down well. <laughs> uh, next thing I wrote down was the quote of... Uh, that Anakin says when they're all having dinner after he invites Qui-Gon and Jar Jar over to the, just like, hey, mom, we're having visitors. Uh, it, Anakin says how he had a dream as a Jedi. Dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Not, not not in these days. I had a dream I was a Jedi. I came back here and freed all the slaves, he says. So to me, he, hearing him say that isn't just like a random dream. There's definitely him having uh, precognitive, negative uh, abilities, you know, um, they're, they're in extended material they've dived into a bit like other characters being able to see visions of the future and these sorts of things particularly even in the, the more recently released uh, Dooku uh, what was it audio drama thing or whatever it was that they have on Audible uh, they go into how um, uh, I can't remember the character's name mental blank on everyone I need to fucking remember the dude who set up the, the dude who set up a clone army basically who I'm fucking remembering, can't remember his goddamn name, but he was uh, Dooku's BFF, right, when they were kids. He, he has lots of visions of the future and these sorts of things and whatever else. And in the Clone Wars and stuff, they've gone over the idea of other characters. And Yoda's always on about how the, the future is, you know, you, you can look to the future, but the future's never set in stone. So, so to me, when Anakin's saying this, how I was a Jedi, I had a dream, I came back here and freed all the slaves. That's me... Th- I read that as him seeing the future, but that's not what actually happens. You know, like that's one variation of the future. There, there could have been a possibility where he did actually just come back and free all the slaves and do the happy old time. But what ends up happening, obviously, is he comes back and he just kind murders of fucking a bunch of <laughs> murders a bunch people. of people. Yeah, yeah, just goes fucking crazy. So it's like it, half of what he says comes true. You know, he's a Jedi. Sifo uh, Diaz. Sifo Diaz, yeah, Sifo Diaz. Yeah, Sifo Diaz. Yeah. Um, which is mentioned when we're talking about next week's movie, of course, because Obi- that's why Obi-Wan goes to the the place in the first place, because they hear word of Sifo Diaz and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, so the, the thing that Anakin says, it's like half of it's true. He became a Jedi, he returned, and he killed a bunch of people. So it's like the future's always changing, but it gives me an idea of like, at the same time, I, I, sometimes I give Luke, George Lucas maybe too much credit or maybe not enough because I often do wonder. Like, I do think he's definitely a smart guy. And as much as people can complain about certain things in the prequels and whatever else, I think when it comes to, uh, like, actually, like, laying out story and having ideas about stuff and whatever else, I can't help but hear a line like, like this and be like, mm, I, I just definitely feel like it's kind of meant to be said that way. Like, it's done on purpose. I don't feel like I'm just reading too far into it, you know? Um, You're trying to find gold in crap. Nah. Uh, so next thing I wrote down is Anakin's birth slash Ray's birth because this is one of the the, the rumors, well, not rumors, like ideas that people have around Ray's origins, right, is it's basically going to be the same as Anakin's in that 
when Kylo Ren says that she come from no one, that is technically true because a lot of people have the idea that she, much like Anakin, was just created by the midichlorians or uh, either created by Palpatine because there's the other thing about Palpatine actually being the one behind Anakin's creation. Um, but either way, they created out of nothing, right? Anakin had no father. He just was kind of created because he was supposed to be, you know, the chosen one and blah, 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 blah. Darth Vader 25. Comic book. Yeah. They explain. Oh, the Palpatine thing. Yeah. Yeah. The puppet master behind the, the, the strings of it all, yeah. So how how do you feel about that being a similar thing for, for Ray then? Like Ray is the creation of Palpatine. Like it's it's Anakin version two, basically. I hope not, because then it involves more midichlorians. <laughs> would, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want that to be the case. I don't think I think it would be weird for if that was gonna be the twist, I that has to have come up in episode in the second episode of the three movies. Like it's your point from earlier, it's getting too late for these kind of reveals because there's little to no time for any new stories to properly develop and then resolve themselves in the space of the one movie. But, I mean, the idea of her origin was a big part of The Last Jedi. So it's not like they fight, they're just starting this story now. It's always been on the they're tip not, of everyone's but tongue. But her dealing with the fact that the evilest person in the world is like the reason you've been created or like the person that's ever walked the universe in you know who actually succeeded at what he wanted for that i feel like that would be something that ray would find very hard to deal with and i wouldn't be okay with her dealing with like that would be like if luke found out midway through episode six that darth vader was his dad well I mean, he only finds out literally light at the end of episode five. So yeah, but you feel, but then it gives a whole one- movie for him to develop that understanding, to develop what he goes through, where he questions a lot of, where it leads to him questioning himself and going to, you know, to the to Sidious and almost be like unsure of what his path is. And I don't think we have time for that story to be told. See. This theory is actually one I'm pr- pretty on board or and or open for because obviously Palpatine's got a, a big part to do with the movie. I don't know if Palpatine's actually going to be in it much, but uh, his presence is obviously a major element for this final movie um, in some way or another. And as much as I was okay with The Last Jedi just being like, hey, Ray's just literally could be the equivalent of broom kid, broom kid and she's just powerful or whatever else. I think if you're going to have Palpatine be in it and you want to tie it real close to our characters and whatever else, I think the idea of her, of her being closely related in some way or another to do with Palpatine is pretty something I'm just set on. Like in one way or another, Palpatine is going to have something to do with Rey quite heavily. Um, and that's not just based on that stuff that's also based on the fact that um in the extended universe material books and stuff they have gone over many many stories about how palpatine was spending a lot of time on jakku prior to uh, his death what he was doing there we still have no fucking idea he was sending people there all the time he was setting up stuff on there he like basically got a secret apprentice happening there to like run a secret base type thing um who ended up being in charge of the whole armada after his death. Um, so he was spending a lot of time fucking around on Jakku for some reason. They've set this up. Where's Ray come from? Jakku, obviously. So it's... I don't feel like I'm pulling out straws to say that the two are going to have some sort of close connection. And the idea that they've already set up that he was basically behind Anakin's creation, that he would attempt to do that again in some form or another, because he wasn't happy with the way that maybe he sensed that Darth Vader would actually turn on him. You know what I mean? Like ahead of time, he sensed that uh, Vader didn't have 
full like over the years over the years of uh empire free to return the jedi that he was sensing that he was losing his his faith like he was kind of going backwards i guess um and then he began experimenting again and creating people um trying to work behind the scenes to create another version of anakin i mean it would literally tie the whole movie back to this movie it would tie everything back to the phantom menace so as weird as it might be to try to explain to audiences, I'm like, it would work in a lot of ways, to be honest. You know, would it would make a lot of people, I think, happy, and it would make a lot of people confused because it actually it solves one of the problems that a lot of people have problems with that I personally don't. But of course, the whole thing about Ray being too powerful, like how the, how she's so powerful without no training, blah 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 blah, all that sort of shit, right? That is automatically solved by being like, well. You know who's got a fucking 20,000 metachlorian count in this movie? Who has no training but can fucking win pod races out of nowhere and pick up how to learn and whatever else? Fucking Anakin Anakin Skywalker over here, right? Ray's basically the Anakin Skywalker version 2. Everyone, would, everyone as much as they've complained about her, would suddenly just be like, eh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. You know? I feel like most people who complained would be like, eh, can't argue with that. I mean, they'll try, <laughs> I guess, but they can't really. Uh, next thing I wrote down of note, just random bit of trivia because I no- noticed it after because Solo obviously was the last movie that came out. But Aura Singh, Aurora Singh, Aura Singh, um, is seen in the pod race for a hot one second, like standing on this cliff face, like overwatching the pod race as it's happening. Um, and she's mostly famous for showing up in the animated series. She's like with Cad Bane and um, that whole group a bunch of times in the Clone Wars anime series but then most recently from Solo it was one of the characters that was name dropped in Solo when uh, Beckett talks about I can't remember who says it to him uh, is it Lando actually who's like didn't you kill Aura Singh and he's like yeah like threw her down a fucking shaft or something like that like she's the bounty hunter that's name dropped in that movie for canon junkies to be like Ooh. so yeah she's in this movie for one second which I didn't actually know I don't think I never paid attention enough to be like oh there's Aura Singh uh, and then the next note I wrote down was Palpatine spends so long putting together his planet. And I think it's just because, like, and this is a lot more evident now because obviously we're we're getting ready for episode 12. Um, or oh, episode 9, sorry. Fuck, maybe no, we'll be getting ready for out. episode 12 soon. Fucking Jesus hell, where did Christ. the other com- episodes come from? Jesus, you know. 20 years from now is probably going to happen. But, yeah, because um, obviously Palpatine spends so so long of his life like fucking around in the shadows to even get to the point that we're at now in this movie, you know, like that's so long, like um, training up apprentice, like killing his master, all, all this sort of stuff that's happened, hiding in the shadows, getting to the place now where he is in um, parliament, where he can, he can start making his moves finally, which is where this movie takes place. There's already so much stuff that's happened prior to this of him just slowly, but surely like wiggling his way to where he needs to be. And I think that's, that's always been impressive enough as it is as as impressive as it is that you can be impressed at a bad guy be like you naughty guy but damn you're clever um it, it with the the new movie coming out and the idea of him having this contingency plan that's actually going to kind of possibly keep him around like because we still don't know if he's just going to be in the movie through like a holocron or like a, a an evil presence or if he's actually going to return because he's going to return in like a a Voldemort type way, you know, like he's been clinging to life somehow and then they'll manage to, to bring him back to life, which I think is a quite high possibility actually. Um, so the idea that he would have the contingency plan on top of like everything that he does to even get to that position, I gotta be honest, as much as the dude's evil as fuck, probably the smartest person in the whole fucking Star Wars franchise. Like to- He knows how to play the long con. Like he yeah. very much is, it's very interesting where, Everybody has respect for Yoda being so smart. Um, Yoda's fucking dumb. And it's I like, know. yeah, Yoda, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you get to, like, you watch the whole thing from a perspective and you look out and you watch some things that happen in Clone Wars that lead to Anakin getting really fucked up. And you go, oh, you guys are fucking idiots. What the fuck are you doing? Well, did he plan on them finding Anakin on Tatooine? I no, mean, there's a fairly after, good like, chance just, like, that his product could have just been stuck on the No, planet. but there's choices that Yoda makes that really fuck with Anakin. That you're like, what? Like, there's. I've just watched an arc where Obi Wan fakes his death. 
And, like, after that arc, like, Anakin is so fucked up after that arc because he didn't know that it was a fake death. And he actually has to deal with them. And it's just so messed up. And, like, there's just so many little things that you're like, what the fuck, you idiots? Like, why did you... Like, all your talk about good and protecting people and and you just kind of... You don't do it. You just don't do it. You try, but you just make such terrible decisions. That's... Yeah. Pretty much how I feel about the entirety of the Jedi from the prequel yeah. era. And that's kind of the point. They are terrible. Like, every decision they make uh, leading up to the point of the Phantom Menace eventually leads their downfall. Every decision they make, that basically the decision to even join the war and kind of give up their whole thing of um, peaceful, pr- yeah, pr- peaceful protectors from afar kind of thing, you know. And then they become generals and warriors and these types of things. Even the fact that, and this is revealed in like um, extended material stuff, the fact that they built their fucking Jedi temple on an old Seth uh, Sith temple, that's what the Jedi temple is built on top. They were like, yeah, well, now that we've won the old Republic War and shit, you know what we'll fucking do? We'll build our Jedi temple right on top of the Sith temple. That's a good idea. And that's the that's the now canon explanation of why the Jedi could never sense that the... Um, the Sith are returning and whatever. It's because they're literally on top of a fucking Sith hotspot and it's fucking with their ability to sense what the hell's going on. So literally every decision they make is terrible. Yoda is actually, as much as I love Yoda, and Yoda is a super interesting character, but he is fucking flawed as fuck and he continuously makes horrible decisions throughout this entire, all of these movies, all of the animated shows, right up to the end. And that's kind of why I like so much his appearance in The, the Last Jedi. Because in a lot of ways, him like talking to Luke and just being like, let it burn. Like that's kind of his redemption somewhat after the the, the way he's written throughout the entire prequel area. Um, even up to the, you know, even in Empire Strikes Back and things like him helping train, um, him helping train and stuff like that. It's like, that's he, him like being, just telling like, just get rid of it. Let it burn all that stuff. He wouldn't have done that in prequel era. He wouldn't have done that in... He fought so hard to try and save it. And the thing, the pro- the biggest problem with Yoda is that I, f- I love how flawed he is. And I love that growing up, I always thought he was a... Like, I always, you know, everybody thought, fuck, Yoda's really cool. He's really fucking... Like, he's a mentor. He knows everything. Well, he's really a wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you watch... And then once you grow up and you start understanding what's happening, you kind of see a lot of the problems with him. And, like, it's almost like he's infallible inside the Jedi order like even though there is a jedi council where the jedi masters meet and talk nobody seems to question yoda like properly like everybody's anything that yoda says just kind of just goes and nobody questions it not for a matter of being scared or there being authority but just because everybody looks up and goes yoda's wise as fuck we're not going to question this let's go with this like yeah and they they kind of hinted his like Having him lose that last battle on episode three kind of just shows how, I think was always supposed to show how as much as everyone thought he was the ultimate warrior and, you know, like could do no wrong kind of thing. Having him lose that battle and kind of walk away in this, he literally does a walk of shame, you know, and then goes into hiding and that sort of stuff. Just shows how wrong in a lot of ways he was and whatever else. Um, It was almost his punishment to live as long as he did. Like, <laughs> to live with, hey, you fucked up. You you did this. Like, this is all on you, buddy. Well, I mean, it's not all on him. Let's not go that far, but... <laughs> I know, but for him as a character, he would take it as that. Yeah, I mean... I he would so. very much take it as this is all his fault. Yeah. Uh, so... What did I write down next? Do not... Uh, I just wrote down the funny line because it makes me laugh. Uh, do not defy the council again. Again, not not again. Obi Wan saying to Qui Gon Jinn when they he brings back Anakin and he's talking about trying to get him to join the the Jedi Order. I, I kind of just love because Qui Gon is a character that uh, we don't get much of, obviously, but they give you so many hints at actually the kind of character that he is, which is this he's the hippie Jedi, basically. You know what I mean? Like that that's always what he is, and the way they kind of write him and stuff like that. And he's the the idea that Obi Wan, his Padawan, is like trying to fire the council again, like. <laughs> <laughs> come on Qui-Gon. even just like the whole time he's just like fuck's sake dude like come on and Qui-Gon 
why did I get, why, like, he loves Qui-Gon as his mentor, but at the same time, there is this sense of, why me? Why did I get Qui-Gon as my master? Like, fuck me. Every time. It's often, like, that Qui-Gon mentality of, like, yeah, well, sometimes you bend the rules to just do what's right kind of thing. They play with that a little bit more, I like, in the the Clone Wars animated series, where Obi-Wan kind of will do stuff outside of the rules a little bit more, and that I always felt like that's definitely a Qui-Gon. Satine. <laughs> Satine. Yeah, Satine, definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty. Uh, and the last thing I wrote down here, uh, which will lead into, because I want to talk about the announcement of the Kenobi TV series at D23, obviously, fit that one into here. Uh, the last thing I wrote down was, so many times Obi-Wan ha- could have given in to hatred, but he didn't. Because... And that's kind of one of the things that makes Obi-Wan a character so good, right? Obi-Wan as a character is so good from this through to the to, to his final moments um, and involving everything about the Clone Wars animated series, especially the Clone Wars animated series, I guess. Like, the, a lot of my idea of Obi-Wan as a character actually comes from the writing from the the animated series more so than just the movies. Like, I love Owen McGregor's performance, but to be honest, the, the, the writing for the character is the best in the animated series. Yeah, definitely. Owen McGregor, the, the idea of a Kenobi TV series is super exciting because we actually get to see Owen McGregor, who's fantastic as a character, with potentially some better writing and, like, time to shine and uh, these sorts of things. But, yeah, the, the thing that always shocks me is, like, the amount of times Obi-Wan Kenobi if he wasn't the man he was, could have given in to hatred. And it starts in this movie, you know, like watching his master being shut down by uh, Darth Maul. He, he could have given in to hatred then, didn't. Could have given in to hatred when uh, Satine dies in the Clone Wars series. That's a moment we talked about last time we did this series as well, obviously, because at the time it was like, could Ray be a Kenobi? Let's talk about the Satine storyline. That, of course, didn't happen. But um, when when she yeah. died, once again, could have gave into could have gave into hatred there. Um, when Anakin turns, all that sort of stuff could have gave into hatred then. Um, and that's leading into my idea about the whole Kenobi TV series, which is what I guess like watching this and thinking about how Kenobi never gave into hatred. I feel like that would make a really good center point for that TV show. Like that to me, that could be the central villain kind of really is that the idea of Kenobi several years. Cause I think it's, so it's eight years past episode three, I think is what the official number is off the top of mm. my head now. Um, so eight years living out there in that desolate place, Tatooine, right? Nothing to do, but to think about all the times, you know, just think about if that was you. Cause I know if it was me, I'll be sitting there like, well, maybe if I did this, it wouldn't have happened. Maybe if I didn't yell at Anakin that time, he wouldn't have done this. You know what I mean? Like all these sorts of thoughts, kind of blaming yourself type of thing. So that's why I feel it's the kind of final chapter in showing how much resolve Obi-Wan has a character, I think, that this TV show could do. And just have him tackle again for the last time, like something and not give in to the hatred for one final time, just to show like how rock solid that character is and how much he's, he's been through. I, f- I feel like would be a really good, like emotional center point for how they could even just begin that show. Um, but yeah, of course the, no- the Kenobi TV series was announced at D23. We know nothing about it other than they've apparently writ- writ- written the scripts, writ- written the scripts. Um, Ewan McGregor is returning of course, and that's it. We've got a title, but Ash, Yes. How do you, how, how do you feel about this the announcement of the Kenobi one Kenobi one Kenobi TV series? Uh, what do you think is going to be the storyline for this thing? I just feel like there'll be some sort of MacGuffin that takes him off Tatooine. Oh, right. he's definitely leaving Tatooine. Hundred yeah. percent. I mean, it'd be cool just to see have on a whole episode of his like a slice of life, him on Tatooine. That's how they build up. Cooking up some popcorn, yep. making some drinks, dealing with some sand peoples, making some bets at Jabba's palace. Yeah, just hanging out in the bar, you know, just drinking. Yeah, but I have no idea what they're going to do with an Obi Wan Kenobi series. I mean, it just it just boggles the mind to think of the possibilities that you can't really narrow it down. I don't think. I feel like the Clone Wars is going to be a huge factor in what the plot 
will be. There'll be like some sort of tie back to the series. Uh, but other than that, I have no idea. Karen, what um, I think I'd really like to see him at rock bottom at the start of the show. Like, I'd like to see the TV series be the event or the thing that built Obi-Wan up to be the man he was again. Like, I think opening up eight years, he's had eight years of probably, like, it'd be really cool for it to be, like, he's been solitary for most of that time. He's, all he's done is think. And when I said earlier about Yoda being, like, having that time to think and be like, I fucked up. When I see Yoda having that time to think that, I see Yoda thinking of it in a philosophical way or a way where he's more just trying to figure out what he could have done or, like, not taking it emotionally. Whereas Obi-Wan, I see he's the human aspect of Star Wars for me and he would have dealt, I think he would have dealt with this these events almost poorly. Like he would get like you know he would blame himself so much for what happened to Anakin he would blame himself so much for allowing things to happen and for the fall of the Jedi Order to like I think he would take a lot of that blame on himself when really it isn't like he was the best of the Jedi Order and I think this should be a a series that really allows him to you know build back up and become the same Jedi that we know he is so a pretty much same sort of path. I've, as I was saying before, I, I want this to start it's kind of what you're saying, rock bottom type thing um, for him. Definitely feel like I, I want to see the series start with him struggling like, to, to kind of not uh, give in to his hatred or, or, or whatever else and be like, well, fuck this shit. Um, so I, I, I want to begin then. And then I think some of this is fan service but I, like there's a bunch of characters you can have him bump into in, in this series. It's not only tied into animated stuff, but also to some movie stuff as well. And then there's a certain thing that I think would work out really well for all the movies. So A, I want to see Joel Edgerton back. I think the, I, I, I think only like potentially the first episode um, and maybe the last would actually place, take place on Tatooine. And I think the rest is probably going to be off planet because there's so much... How much really can you fucking show me on Tatooine that's going to yeah. be so, so interesting? So obviously it's going to start there. Definitely want Joel Edgerson to come back and play Uncle Ben. Please give me that. That'll be exciting. I, I presume they'll cast some young kid to play Luke at age four. No, honey, he'd be... Uh, I guess he'd be eight, yeah. So eight, yeah. yeah, I guess have to cast some young kid to play as Luke. But Luke Han can be super important. He'll just be like, oh, there's young Luke. Kind of how like in the Rebels episode where... Um, the mole and obi-wan fight that you see this young kid off in the distance kind of run off it's like and you oh. hear somebody calling for him you hear luke yeah. come in get the side then the music kicks in it's like Dude. it's like a, yeah it's very like just fan service moment or whatever but yeah so i want to see him come back and here's mcguffin is this kind of i guess i would like to see and this is of course me kind of thinking in my own direction just to to please my, myself a little bit but i would actually like to see ahsoka find obi-wan Right, because Ahsoka's still out there at this point, and I think if Ahsoka, what she is, Ahsoka, no, no, no Ahsoka fight Obi Wan, find Obi Wan. Oh, find Obi Wan. I thought you said fight, and I was very. No. I think it, I think it would make perfect sense. I don't think it's too fan servicey to say that if there's only a couple Jedi out there still, so you got Ahsoka, you got Yoda, obviously, you got Obi Wan, um, floating around doing what they're doing. If, if Ahsoka's out there and she catches wind of Obi-Wan being on this planet, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't try to make contact like with him if she if she reckons that he's still out there. So I'm going to say and hope that she... He, you hope. Yeah, I, I definitely hope because I definitely want to see Ahsoka. But at the same time, I definitely feel like if they're going to do a live action Ahsoka or, and see how that works for fans and have her make just like a, a one episode appearance, this would be the way to kind of test those waters. You know what I mean? And so just because a lot of people, it's not just me. Ahsoka is a very popular character in Star Wars, right? As much as people want to make fun and be whatever, Clone Wars is a pretty popular show. Ahsoka is a very popular character. In fact, I'd say that Ahsoka is definitely like if you was to, if there was some Google trend search you could do, I would find it hard to believe that Ahsoka isn't considered one of the most popular characters in Star Wars. To to a lot of kids, Clone Wars, the anime series, was their introduction to Star Wars. 
full stop, you know? A lot of people were watching that shit when they were like five, six or whatever before they even watched the prequel series, the movies themselves. So Ahsoka is, to a lot of people, Star Wars. Like, that represents Star Wars. So I feel like having her in this movie would make sense plot-wise. It would make sense uh, for Lucasfilm as a company to test how that character would work in live action. Could you do it? Would it work? Would fans respond to it? Whatever else. So she comes down, she speaks to him, blah, 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 blah. Then Obi-Wan gets wind of this Darth Vader figure. And I think this is why this is where the main story is going. Obi-Wan's going to head off planet because he needs to find out if uh, this Vader figure is actually Anakin. Because I feel I feel like to get him off planet, it has to be something super important, you know? I Because him leaving that planet is him actually doing a really bad thing. It's abandoning Luke. So for him yeah. to abandon Luke and leave him like open to danger and whatever else, to abandon his post... It has to be a huge thing to get him off planet. And the only thing that I can think of that would actually make sense would be if he thinks he needs to check for himself. Is this Vader fellow that I'm hearing word of from Ahsoka in my version, is this Vader version, this fellow, is he actually Anakin? Because in my, in, in Obi-Wan's mind, the last time he saw Anakin, he was dead, you know? That's, that's, that's actually a fair point of like, Okay, the end of attack, uh, the end of revenge. Obi Wan believes Anakin's dead. Yep. At the start of a new hope, Obi Wan is completely aware of Darth Vader and yep. who Darth Vader is. And he says the line of "Last time we fought each other, I was you were the master and I was apprentice." Blah 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 blah. But they say it. This what this is. This what I'm saying. They could actually have them fight again. And it would fit in canon quite perfectly to the point where you're watching episode four after they fight in between these things. And when Obi-Wan and then when Darth Vader says, last time we thought you were the master, I was apprentice this time, there were blah, 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 blah. Actually, because everyone, when you watch that now, of course you think revenge is Sith last time they fought, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But Obi-Wan mm-hmm. in that scene knows perfectly that Vader's actually Anakin and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really make sense because he thinks he's dead. How does he know? When does he have pick up on this thing? Whatever. I feel like they could definitely fit in a fight between the two of them, have them meet up, have it be really emotional, have Obi-Wan deal with the fact that he's uh, his best friend, his, his brother-in-arms, his Padawan, whatever. Not only is he not dead, as he thought he was, but he's now this monster wreaking havoc across the galaxy. I feel like that is the ultimate final trial for him. You know what I mean? That is the, the ultimate final thing for him to kind of overcome, deal with them. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you if you tell this to some people, they'd be like, yeah, but what's the point? You know, neither of them win and they walk away. But it's like, to me, you don't always need people to fight and actually have a winner and a loser. Winner and loser. I, I You could watch this fight and it's not about knowing that neither of them are actually going to kill one another. It's about the emotion that's driven behind this particular fight. Because it's no different than the Revenge of the Sith fight. I l- that's probably the best. Actually, yeah, it's it's the best as far as I'm concerned. Like fight in old Star Wars, right? Because there is not only is it really cool to watch, like the lightsaber action and stuff like that, but there is so much emotion driving that scene. The hatred coming out of Anakin um, towards everything. The the sadness from Obi Obi Wan losing his friend and these sorts of things. And you know neither of them die. You know that one goes on to become Darth Vader. You know the other one goes off to hide on Tatooine, unless you've never watched any of the movies before, of course, which, you know, different thing, I guess, but the very small percentage. But the reason that fight is so good is because when you watch it, your mind kind of just forgets because you get so invested in the motion of the scene. So I think, once again, they could definitely make that thing work. Um, other things that they could do in this series that I think is worth noting, and I would highly say is probably going to happen because this series is set smack bang in the middle of the time jump in solo. So it's set after, after, you know how solo starts young Han solo mm-hmm. and it has a time gap of a couple years or whatever. This series is set in the middle of that time gap, which, oh, which means no. that I, I do- just, which means that not going to bump into Han solo. That would be silly. I want him to bump into um, Amelia Clark. Fuck, I'm meant to blank on her name. But that's who Kira. I reckon that... He, Kira, thank you. I want him to bump into Kira. 
And I think that would well, actually make sense. Do you think this could be another chapter in the Obi-Wan Darth Maul? No. Saga? I, I think they could have... Look, you could have those two fight on a different planet. But, but personally... Could, it doesn't even need to be them fighting, but there has to be something for dealing with the organization that Darth Maul creates or is known to be creating in the end of Solo. Yeah. Well, no, he's, that organization is set up at the end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. They all, that whole organization and what Darth Maul gets into will be a heavy part of um, the final season of Clone Wars that comes out February on Disney Plus, whenever it is. Yeah. Is that February yeah. right, Ash? Isn't it? Yep, February so, sounds right. Um, they'll be a heavy part of that and stuff. So they could have him bump into Maul. I'm personally against it because I've seen them fight so many times in the Clone Wars and I've seen their final fight. Like they, they fight in Rebels. It's top five as much as everyone hates. I absolutely love the way they fight, how quick it is, how much the way they do it, kind of like this proper full on like samurai fight instead of like a big long thing. It's just kind of like a stare down or whatever else. I love that fight. So we know how it ends. So they definitely can't have Maul find Obi-Wan on Tatooine. That wouldn't make sense. That would completely fuck up the canon of Rebels. Well, I wouldn't say Maul find, ta- Maul find him on Tatooine, but Obi-Wan go somewhere to deal with that. I don't know. Maybe not. No, I, I think maybe you say with you saying it needs to be a big reason for him to leave is is probably a really good Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like he, he would never leave to find Maul. No. Even if he heard Maul was out there wreaking havoc, Havoc a little bit, he still wouldn't leave to find it because he'd even, be like, eh, even in Rebels, the only reason that Obi Wan reveals himself to Maul is because Maul of, finds him. Yeah, Maul finds him because of the kid. Yes, yes. Other than that, Obi Wan would have just been quite happy to, or quite content. He's very content in Rebels, is the thing as well. Like, so I, I kind of would like to see this series cover like how he reaches that contentness. I guess. How does Ewan McGregor turn into Sir Nigel McGuinness? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But yeah, you could have him bump into Maul, I guess, if you want. I, I don't really mind, care either way. But I feel like bumping into Kira, they could force that to happen to kind of keep that character up and relevant, especially because they set up her as, of course, the leader at the end of Solo. And I kind of liked her character. Like, Solo, she's, 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 she's not great, but I think from the character perspective, she's one of the more interesting characters, especially by the time you reach the end of that movie and you realize, like, her what the fuck has been going on and how she's playing this, this kind of long con to get herself to this uh, position of power. And I actually kind of like the, there's a, there's always been a fan theory ever since solo. Cause when we see mole show up in rebels, he's on um, Malachor and he's basically nearly dead there. He's been left on that planet for dead. And we've never actually found out how he ended up on that planet. Like what caused him to end up on Malachor be left there for dead. I've, kind of like the fan theory people have had of Kira actually being the one to cause that. So if they ever want to set up that storyline of her actually overthrowing Mole somehow and taking control of that whole um that whole gangster organization or whatever of the underworld, then having her character like pop up in this series and be like, hey, remember, she's still a thing. And then maybe they do a Kira series or, series or something like that like a year or two later. There's chances within this series to to do nice little like setups and whatever else that would actually make sense in the timeline. And I find it hard to believe they wouldn't actually set this perfectly between the the time jump section of Solo without doing something. It it seems like such a specific time, you know, hmm. to not play with that time. Something, some ways. Um, any final thoughts on uh, either Kenobi or Phantom Menace that we haven't gone over? No. Ash? No, I'm pretty good. No. That fight at the end's great. <laughs> Still. Yeah. That's the, a, that's the, the best score, part of the movie. The score. The score is probably... Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So yeah. good. As much... I actually... As much as uh, people don't like the movies or whatever, I find it hard for people to argue that the prequels potentially has, like, the best music of the... Oh, it's so good. Of the like, franchise. just... Even just, like... I think if you just play the piece for that fight without the imagery of the fight, you could still replay that fight in your head just from the music. It's like, get hype music, you know? If I see Jewel of the Fates pop up on my Spotify, it's like, duh, duh. I'm like, oh, shit, shit's going down. Like, <laughs> who needs Skrillex? I got this shit. Like, <laughs> fucking let's go. <laughs> All right. that That is it for this week's episode of 
Elder Run Explosion. Next week, we'll be discussing Attack of the Clones, of course. So make sure you watch the movie before then so you can uh, chat along with us or send in any thoughts to the socials I'm about to give you, which you can uh, send in thoughts and uh, share around the episode at ExplosionPod on Twitter if you're enjoying it. And you can tell your friends and do all those things. And you can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Elder Run Explosion is a Darth production of ExplosionNetwork.com, which is where you can also find what do you want to watch, a fortnightly movie and TV podcast, which if you like watching things, which is involved in Star Wars, you'd probably want to check that one out as well. You can follow me on Twitter at V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobby, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. Can you follow Kieran on Twitter at your boy Ringo. Until next week, may the force be with you always.